Hello and welcome to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast. It's a regular look at the latest updates from HubSpot, practical hints and tips directly from the mouths of HubSpot users, partners, and of course, um, the team here at Carmen Digital as well. Um, my name's Matthew Woods. I am head of digital here at Carmen Digital. Uh, filling in for Ian um, today, um, we're doing a HubSpot team takeover. So just thought, why not? I'll jump on and, and also uh, input a bit around HubSpot as well today. So if you've listened to any of the past 44 podcasts, yeah, this is number 45 now. You just know how powerful HubSpot can be for growing ambitious businesses. But something that often doesn't get as much attention as it rightly deserves is actually the actual implementation of HubSpot as a system. Um, you know, a successful implementation can be the difference between having this amazing CRM system with marketing automation, sales automation service that works perfectly for your business and having something that becomes a hindrance. And we see it all the time. Um, and I've got two people here with me today that also see it all the time. We're joined today by Alicia Shave, HubSpot lead strategist here at Carmen Digital and solutions architect, Phil Thomas. And they're going to be walking us through the topic of HubSpot implementation today and, it, and telling us exactly how we can ensure success. So welcome both. How are you both doing today? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Doing all right too. Cheers, Matt. Well, it's great to have you both here. Um, and I think, well, as often on this podcast, a great place to start is just a quick intro to both of your roles. You know, how long have you been doing this? Where do you currently sit in the team? Um, and what do you, what responsibilities do you guys have? Yeah, should I go first? Sure. Um, yeah, I've been uh, working with HubSpot for about six years. Um, I sort of lead the HubSpot team at Karma Digital. So I have an amazing team, Phil and Sam, uh, who mainly deal with the implementation side. So my role mainly is around sort of new business proposals, uh, strategy, making sure the implementation goes right, and then uh, making sure that the client is then happy going forward after that implementation. And uh, I've been working with HubSpot for almost two years, uh, but I've got a background in CRM and database management that goes back quite a few years. Um, but yeah, as Alicia said, I'm part of the HubSpot team. Um, I'm in charge of a lot of the implementation um, in terms of onboarding and training as well, um, and also investigating third-party solutions if that's what the, the client requires for their particular project. Definitely. And I can tell, Phil, you're into your audio because your audio is so crisp. And I'm guessing that's, that's also a hobby of yours in the, uh, in the background. It is. I, uh, I'm, I'm also a musician uh, and I used to be a Twitch streamer for a very short period of time in, in 2019, I think. <laughs> Didn't get enough subscribers. We've all been no, not, not a single one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I oh, well, set up my audio game in that case. <laughs> yeah yeah at least your audio is just you know standard phil is like next level but yeah anyway don't worry about it it's all good it's a great start anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway back to hubspot so um yeah as i mentioned in the in the intro um implementation uh setting up hubspot properly is absolutely paramount to the, the success of adoption in a business right um and it perhaps a lot of the time doesn't get the credit it deserves you know a lot of businesses end up going down the route of buying HubSpot and just thinking, okay, we're done, we bought it, log in, and off you go. And it's just not the case, is it, guys? So um, why do you think 
um, a successful implementation project is so important to the success of, of businesses using HubSpot? I mean, the first things, I mean, you've got to make sure that the actual configuration is set up correctly. So it all comes back to the CRM. You might have the marketing hub, the sales hub, the service hub, you know, CMS and ops hub, but it all sort of comes back to that data architecture, making sure that you've got all of your custom properties, you know exactly what the record looks like, the different teams you've segmented it, you've got those foundations there, first of all. If without that, it sort of fails. Um, I mean, you can definitely have small processes set up. So for small businesses, it's definitely a great way to start. But as you scale and start to grow, that's when it can quickly sort of unfold, which is usually where we come in and help our clients. Um, but yeah, it's mainly there to sort of bring in all of your different tech stack. I think it's really important to have the basics there. Then you would be able to grow and sort of optimize. Um, Phil, I know you've probably got some opinions around the optimization and implementation side. Well, I've actually got an analogy. Um, the way I've always thought about implementation when it comes to HubSpot is um, think of it like a race team, like a like a like a Formula One team, or like a well, you know, rally team. You can you can of course buy a car from a showroom and run that, but it's not going to do you any good because it's off the shelf, it's standard. What you need is the expertise of a team that knows how to set that car up to win. Um, and that's essentially how I look at HubSpot. Off the shelf, fantastic product. But if you know how to set it up to really benefit your company, it's going to be infinitely better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think, Alicia, you mentioned there just... Um on getting the basics right first. And it is really just about setting that foundation up properly and that framework up properly first, isn't it? And and that's what, you know, many, you know, HubSpot is this, you know, as we know, is this tool set which, you know, it's really shiny and it's got loads of great things you can do with it. But the most important thing is is getting the basics right and, and getting that foundation set up and, and setting the CRM up properly is is the is the main thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the core problems we see is that clients can't report on ROI and can't report correctly on sort of all their marketing to sales to service journeys. And it does come back to those basics where it's not all been set up in order to track it correctly. So as you then grow, it becomes harder and harder. And then you've got to try and unpick that, which is a very, very core pain point for a lot of businesses. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, the, thinking about HubSpot implementation in a, in a wider case then, um, you guys have pr pretty much seen it all, I guess, when it comes to businesses trying to utilize a CRM system. Um, what are some typical scenarios that, um, you know, which you guys see quite a lot with new clients who come to Karma Digital? Is it is it always a, just a standard, you know, migration from one CRM to another? Or is there other sort of optimization-based work that's there? I think there's a lot of complexity to a lot of businesses and pain points that they have. Um, yes, there is lots of onboardings and migrations from other systems, but it can also be that they already have HubSpot and need help optimizing it or uh, that they, you know, they, they only have certain teams using it. So they have different managers wanting different um, outcomes from the system. Uh, I think there's a massive range of, of things that we see. Yeah. And Phil, have you got any any other particular use cases that you come across quite a lot? Um, I found that a lot of clients, um, no two clients are particularly identical when it comes to an implementation. So even if they're migrating or optimizing, every project tends to be quite wildly different, which is very interesting for us. Um, I suppose 
something that stood out recently, we've had a client that already had HubSpot and they brought us on board to do um, a, uh, an optimization piece. Um, and they actually purchased what's uh, one of the hubs, Operations Hub Professional, which opened up the doors to uh, a lot of really powerful automation work and reporting work. Um, that was a really interesting project. It was a fantastic client to work with. They had a, a really clear vision of what they wanted and how HubSpot can um, to meet those goals, essentially. But yeah, uh, optimization. I I like the clients that come in with that have um, Ops Hub Pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, uh, you you love Ops Hub, don't you, Phil? It's uh, oh, but it, do. it it does open the door to those quite advanced features that mm. really can make a difference to sort of when you get into medium to larger enterprise level businesses. Ops Hub really does shine um, with its customization and um, and ability to you know. Uh, do different things with data and, and and just data architecture becomes a big thing in HubSpot with OpsHub, definitely. Um, now, myself also going through a lot of these different scenarios too, I think it's, you know, um, one of you guys mentioned that just about this one size, one size fits all approach, which uh, it's just not the case really with, with HubSpot implementation. There's no such thing as an off the shelf implementation when it comes to sort of quite often different businesses that are quite complex and have different processes um what so when, when it comes to an implementation how how do you prepare for that sort of approach with different businesses um you know to, to make sure that you are covering every process to to really set out on a bespoke journey with those businesses yeah i think it's helping businesses take a bit of a step back and review their overall uh, departments and processes that they currently have are they scalable are they working what doesn't work looking at the marketing the sales and the service and all sort of aspects between that what does the alignment look like I think it's really important that we sort of evaluate what currently works because you know why change something that currently works you know you don't want to do that so we take uh, a massive extensive discovery process with our clients and we sort of map out um, you know from the point of entry so if somebody was to fill in a form or have a phone call how does that lead route correctly through to the sales team what does that marketing to sales alignment look like all the way through that sales process and then into that service? So just sort of creating an extensive uh, outline of what that looks like end to end. Everybody's on the, on the same page. Obviously, that very much differs between different clients and different businesses. Everyone's got different needs. So it's never a one size fits all, which is why we have these workshops with those businesses. Um, obviously, we definitely have Phil uh, and the rest of the team involved with their expertise as well. Um, from a reporting perspective in particular, uh, but we also take a look at the data architecture. So a lot of the time we find that clients will have, uh, they would have edited the creation form, so creating contacts, creating companies. Sometimes the properties that you'll find in there don't then exist in a contact record. So that information sort of lost. So it's helping businesses sort of tee up all those different little things that sometimes are forgotten about um, and making sure that they've got a whole end-to-end process that actually works and you can scale and optimize which obviously we sort of work with the client with a phased approach to sort of help them with that. Uh, Phil, I'm pretty sure you've got some comments as well on that. <laughs> you've pretty much covered it all, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with everything you said. There's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that. I mean, I, I do. I mean, the disc- you know, the discovery phase is so important for us. Um, and I know, you know, you get a lot of um, businesses that, you know, you work with a, they'll work with an agency or, you know, a partner and they'll roll their eyes that they've got to pay for, you know, discovery essentially. But 
without it, it's, it's, it's the whole planning phase for it. You know, when we work with such complex businesses that you know, have all sorts of different processes for different things and different automation they want to do and different data architecture, there's no way you can just jump into just building a solution, you know, in HubSpot for somebody. You have to understand it. And for us as a business, we, we have to understand, we have to be even, we have to be within the business to a certain extent. We have to understand how that business works um, how how the people in the business think, how, how they work as departments. And we, yeah, we have to be in the business. And that's what our discovery phase does. We get under the skin of the business, essentially. So, yeah, I do agree. It's, it's a very important part of the process for us. And it should be, you know, if you're thinking about any sort of HubSpot implementation, always, if you're not offered a discovery phase, or you're not doing the, the planning piece for it, then I'd be questioning, you know, what you're doing there. <laughs> but it is very important. Um, so... We always talk about this, like this almost end, there's almost endless possibilities with HubSpot, right? That you can pretty much do anything now with HubSpot. You automate anything, you know, build out, you know, we've got the, the likes of custom custom objects, the custom workflow builder. Um, how important is the work you guys do to ensure that is actually the case when it comes to thinking about endless possibilities? Um, maybe this is more one for you, Phil. Yep, I think so. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, two of the main things would be custom properties and custom workflows. Um, the custom properties obviously being um, just a way for them to store all of the data that they might have in their existing CRM that isn't already by default being tracked within HubSpot. Um, and we can sometimes create hundreds of these for a client. Um depends on how much data they're tracking or how much data they want to track based off of the discovery sessions that they have with us. Um, we might identify that they're not really tracking a lot of data. So we kind of promote the fact that they should be tracking more data and we build that into our process and our implementation. Um, but the other thing you mentioned, workflows is one of my passions. Uh, I'm a bit of an automation specialist. Uh, specialist. Um, so one of the things that I really enjoy making for uh, clients is workflows and automations. Um, this is typically what I will be referring to when I say what, uh, HubSpot has endless possibilities, um, especially if there is an upsell um, possibility for Operations Hub Pro. Um, the fact that you can code workflows within HubSpot using that license means you can literally do anything. You can you could um, post um, API calls from within HubSpot workflows. Uh, it becomes so vastly powerful but even basic workflows are incredibly useful um as alicia mentioned before with like lead routing uh, in a process we can uh, determine exactly when a contact comes into hubspot who does that go to will it send them an email will it need lead uh, will it run through a lead nurturing email sequence uh, we can create that for the client depending on their needs um but uh, again, as Alicia mentioned, it is all fully dependent on this discovery phase that we have with the client, uh, where we can identify ways for HubSpot to work for them, rather than you know them having to work harder with HubSpot. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh yeah, and just to add to that, we sort of take a bit of a phased approach because obviously all the functionality in HubSpot is so exciting. There are so many tools. You know, each department's got their own requirements, and uh, you know we want to take a bit of a phased approach so it doesn't it doesn't then become overwhelming as you start to roll it out. 
um, especially with managing that project from start to finish, making sure that you provide the support, the one-to-ones where needed, because, you know, not everybody can take to the same technology as quickly as others. Sometimes it's a little bit more complex. So we like to make sure that everybody is sort of receiving the training in the way that they best uh, fit, I suppose. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so that I think what would be really nice um, for, for you guys to do is maybe just... Um, break down what a typical implementation project looks like in the general stages of those projects. Because I think often, you know, for clients that are moving on to a new CRM or moving from one CRM to another, it can be quite daunting, you know, because it's a lot of work, you know, and it's a lot of things you've got to get right to make sure it does work properly. So maybe it'd be just good if, you know, you guys could break that down a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So the typical phase is if somebody is wanting to either be, you know, re-onboarded onto HubSpot or they want to migrate over to HubSpot, our core phase is, is number one being the discovery phase. As Matt, you said, it's it's so, so important. You need to make sure you've planned the project out correctly. Everybody knows what the outcomes are. Everyone knows what the goal is at the end of the project, uh, which obviously then sort of reduces the chances of things going wrong. Also means there's a lot of a lot less bug fixes. Uh, so number one is discovery. Off the back of discovery, you're then going to create your implementation plan. Everybody's on the same page. You know, you've spoken to all the stakeholders involved. Everybody that will be expecting training sort of has an idea of what's going to happen and what the changes are to their role. Uh, from the implementation, which obviously is Phil's special, uh, special sector there, uh, from implementation, we'll do a training and user adoption uh, program which will go through sort of how the CRM works, um, you know, all the custom properties and sort of the records and what they're looking at, general user interface of HubSpot. Then we'll go into the individual hub tools. Um, so this is sort of where Phil shines and does his amazing training for our clients. You'll go through all of the marketing tools, all the sales tools, all the service tools, obviously where applicable. Um, and then from there, do a bit of process training. Within there, we might have a couple of calls with stakeholders, so a few demos of the process to make sure there aren't any bugs, that everything is finalized before we then roll that out across the multiple teams. Again, sometimes this process can take a few weeks, uh, depending on how large the business is and what their requirements are. So we'll do the process training, take them through exactly what it looks like, refer back to that process map that we would have all worked um, together on. Um, we'll then give them a chance to have a go themselves, make sure that they're comfortable with it. Uh, and then we'll hold some Q&A sessions. So we'll let them have about a week or two, again, depending on size of company, uh, to have a bit of a play around with the system, You know, use some dummy data, push a, a, an example deal through their new process, make sure that they're all happy with it. Um, and then we'll do some Q&A sessions so they can, answer, they can ask any questions they like. Uh, following that, the last phase is then support. So from there, obviously there might be, there's gonna be a few bug fixes here and there. There's going to be a few optimization things, a few things they'd like to change. Uh, because through any sort of implementation program, there's always going to be things that look absolutely perfect on a bit of paper. But when you start to use them, sometimes they just aren't quite right or they don't quite fit with the use case. And we fully expect that. So we always recommend to all of our clients that they have an element of support afterwards uh, so that we can then sort of catch all those different things to make sure they are supported uh, and they enjoy the system most of all. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very thorough. Thank you, Alicia. Um... <laughs> Um, so, Phil, um, you know, what, what's your opinion on that? Like, what do you think is the most important stage when it comes to a HubSpot implementation project? Honestly, we've mentioned it a few times previously. It's the discovery phase. Um, if anything goes wrong in that discovery phase, if there's any miscommunication or uh, if, if we just haven't been able to pick up on something, then that creates problems down the line that only get bigger the further down the line you get. So if there's a miscommunication in discovery, 
if you can get all the way through to the training section without anyone picking up on it, that can cause a lot of issues when it comes to uh, actually fixing it. Um, so there is a huge emphasis on this discovery phase. And we, we do try and be as in-depth as possible because if we're not 100% going into even the sec- the next step, which is the process mapping, then it's, it's not good. We need to be 100% confident that we know that process inside and out. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, that's it. It's always going to be discovery. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I think just to quickly add there, I think one of the core things we find in a lot of businesses is we like to stress the importance of making sure you've got all of the right stakeholders involved in that discovery phase. What you don't want to happen is have in, you have new stakeholders, you know, come in halfway through that process who will have their own opinions and the way they'd like to run things and trying to go backwards and rewrite part of that process. It just becomes a lot more complicated. It, it's frustrating. Uh, the project doesn't run half as smoothly. So we like to sort of stress that you have everybody that you'd like involved right at the beginning of the process to make sure that, you know, it does run smoothly. Overall. Yeah. yeah. And in, in a perfect world, it would probably be. Uh, one champion from each team that's able to collate the views and opinions of that team and present it to us in these meetings as well. Uh, And that way it's just so much easier to communicate between the teams themselves and us. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then I guess when it comes to ensuring success of a HubSpot implementation project, um, you mentioned one of the factors there, Phil, like communication. Would you you guys say that... um, you know, success comes down to communication on a project or do you think it, you know, there's other factors as well that you, you need to factor in to ensure success? I think communication, We, we it, it'll be, it's easy to say that communication is the be all end all. It is what makes and breaks a project. But I think that it is a very, very strong contender. <laughs> um, bad communication can by all means make a project completely uh, prone to issues but good communication can be the 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 difference in making something a lot smoother than it is um i I recently worked with a client that had such good communication that by the time we were finished with our discovery phase i swear i could see through their own eyes Um, like we were so in sync making this project a reality and they were so happy at the end of it because the communication was there um we could both clearly see the end goal um so when we reached that end goal it was perfect um so yeah it, like uh, to, to summarize um it's not the most important thing but it's definitely one of the most important things <laughs> yeah definitely okay so i know you've you've both been incredibly busy recently with projects um so it might be just a, a good idea just if you you guys could just discuss a, you know a couple of those what were the type of businesses you know what 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 do, what do they come to common for what did the projects entail? What were the results? What was the work that was carried out? Just so people have a view of the different types of scope of projects that, you know, we come across as a partner. Yeah, we've had quite a few different clients, actually, sort of ranging in industries. I think some of the, I mean, from my point of view, I love a process and I like being organized. So um, there was one previous client that we had that sort of had marketing and sales alignments, which is one of the core pain points we see it's very very common it's not unusual to hear that when when clients tell us that that's their pain point um, we had someone come in they had sales and marketing alignment issues um, the lead routing wasn't quite there there was lots of an, uh, manual admin work and one thing that i get really excited about is taking all the admin work out and automating that as much as possible obviously where applicable what you don't want to do is automate absolutely everything so that those odd use cases then break the system Um, So what we've done is we added some admin workflows is what we like to call them. Uh, They sort of sit in the background. They move data between the objects. They add notifications. 
they're automations that are sort of things that fall through the net. Uh, so any sort of leads that have been sort of sat in a lifecycle stage or a lead status for too long, it will send them a notification as a bit of a nudge, sort of all those different things that sometimes just go a bit of a miss. People forget about those things, uh, adding dashboards uh, to make sure that, you know, you can follow those leads all the way through to the end of the process. Um, I think that's probably the most exciting one that I've had recently. Um, there have been quite a range in sizes as well. We've had massive implementation projects that have taken three months versus a few smaller ones that's more six to eight weeks. Uh, Phil, I know you've had some pretty exciting ones recently as well. Yeah, I think uh, the HubSpot optimization is probably the one that always comes to mind because I enjoyed working on that so much. Um, they already had HubSpot, they already had Operations Hub Professional, and they came to us with just a few ideas on how they wanted HubSpot to kind of level up, so to speak. Um, and they are a, they're a startup company, they only service a very small area of the UK at the moment, um, and they wanted to find a way to track whether or not a customer was in that ser service area. Um, and we ended up managing to create a postcode checker system that works fully within HubSpot. Um, and as soon as a contact is made in HubSpot, it'll instantly check within, uh, I think the code I did works within 35 milliseconds, which I'm really proud of. That's super optimized. Um, and so it runs and it will let them know if they're in that service area or not. Um, and in fact, they actually, uh, this, this client came back to us recently to try and extend that functionality onto their website, which we've uh, been able to use. So the HubSpot code actually works on their website now as well. Um, so that was a really exciting client, really enjoyed working with them. Okay, guys, well, we can't have a, we can't have a, a podcast here with two HubSpot experts without starting to talk about um, the future of the platform. Um, and there's always new features being rolled out. And I think when this podcast goes out, we, we may just be either inbound is happening or will have happened over in Boston. Um, so we'll obviously have some updates there as well. But is there anything that you guys are really getting excited about for you know future projects, future of the system, future of HubSpot? Yeah, I think for me personally, it would be around AI. I know that HubSpot have made a lot of improvements and brought out brand new tools to do with AI that sort of helping businesses already. But I feel like that's just, you know, just the start. I'm excited to see what sort of other AI capabilities they have across the system and how that will help businesses be able to be a bit more efficient, uh, optimize, save time across those teams. Um, I'm just really excited to see what functionality they've got to say um, at Boston. Absolutely. And uh, so I, I run a HubSpot product update every month internally within the company where I'll go through all of the updates HubSpot has released or if they're doing any sort of beta testing on. Um, and I present that to various members from within our company. Um, the fact that HubSpot is rolling out 10 to 20 of these updates and changes per month is really exciting. They've got such a huge team. And honestly, there's no one major uh, update that's really exciting. It's just the fact that there are so many and they're constantly working to elevate the entire product. Um, it's it's just really good to see that there, there's a, so much support internally within the HubSpot team um, that this product will just continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And just to sort of add to that, I think it's really exciting that HubSpot not only have their own sort of internal team that improve the platform, but using their HubSpot community, you can upvote on people's ideas on how they would like to personally change the platform towards their business, whether those uh, use cases, you know, are also shared across other people as well. You know, you sort of get your own say in how you'd like the platform to evolve, which I think is really exciting. I think one that one update that sort of came out last year, which I think they're sort of going to sort of expand on with regards to the service hub, 
is the customer portal. I think that's really, really exciting. I don't hear a lot of people talking about that one as much, uh, but just being, being able to have your contacts log into a version of HubSpot that allows them to see their tickets, interact with them, see the status, um, sort of the similar way of how you would get in touch with HubSpot's own support. Being able to sort of have that as a starting point, I think is really exciting for the service aspect for businesses. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, yeah, some really nice updates coming out. Obviously, for, for me, it's, it's also around AI um, and um, it'll be interesting to see over the next year and definitely at inbound as well um how hubspot are going to further utilize ai into the rest of the tools away from sort of the content side of things and how they're going to bring it into things like i don't know like reporting and then crm and data and, and and everything so for the operational side i guess so it'd be it'd be it's gonna be a really exciting time for the next few months to see how how they're built in um Okay, look, this is this has been a really great episode. Um, I think it's you know you guys have been you know really helpful there in explaining exactly you know the different ways businesses can ensure, can ensure this sort of success with sound implementation. Um, I just have one question for you both now. What is your number one tip to ensure a successful HubSpot implementation project? I think uh, the, the the listeners are going to be sick of us saying this, but planning and discovery and communication are so, so key <laughs> throughout the entire implementation phase. If you don't get one of those things right, then it, it just doesn't work as efficiently. Uh, you're not able to scale it. Um, you know, some people might be unhappy. Functionality may not be there. It may not be optimized. I think just in order to make sure that it does go well, it's smoothly and, you know, that the business is working as efficiently as possible. Make sure you always plan things out. If you've got something to say, always say it, um, you know, create a wish list item, create a list of pain points, make sure everybody's involved in the process as well. So everybody is in the know of what's going on and how it might impact their role. I think that is just so, so important, which I know we've mentioned many times throughout this episode today. And Phil, do you have a different view on that? I don't. I, I, <laughs> I wish I did, but honest to God, what Alicia said is exactly the correct answer for that. Um, making sure that you've got that communication, you've got that planning in place, it just makes for a smooth project. Um, without any of those key points, that's where uh, where you'll have problems. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we aim for. We just aim to make sure that we've got that 100% confident mindset going into a project, having spoken to the, the, the client in that discovery phase. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's an important message that if you are onboarding HubSpot, you're, you know, you've purchased HubSpot, you think about purchasing HubSpot is, is um, you know, it's it's not a platform where you will just, you, you just buy it, log in, and then, you, you know, everything will be there magically ready for your business. It's just not the case. So my, my tip is just make sure that you, um, you, you do onboard onto it properly, and you get help with doing that. And um, and that's what the whole partner ecosystem is about, really helping businesses get on and use HubSpot in the best way possible. So, yeah. So thank you there uh, to Alicia and Phil, the, the HubSpot team at, uh, at, at Carmen Digital. Uh, some really insightful, really helpful uh, hints and tips there and just really good insight into into how um, implementation projects with HubSpot can, can happen and, and how they work and, and why they're so important. So thank you very much. To, uh, to both of them um, and uh, yeah thanks for listening to Podspot um, you can 
subscribe to PodSpot through your uh, podcast channel of choice. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And also there are, like I said at the start, there are 44 other PodSpot episodes all around different areas of PubSpot and, uh, and different people and different clients using PubSpot. Um, so make sure you go and check those out. And of course, leave us a review if you, uh, if you are enjoying PodSpot. Thank you very much. And we'll speak again soon.